I got to the warehouse group and you, you literally you walk in and you meet everybody and they're wonderful and they're nice and they actually believe in something bigger than themselves, which is pretty rare in the world. There aren't a lot of companies that have that. And so the minute I found the soul of the company, I was like, that, that's it, done. This makes sense. When Jonathan Waker stepped through the doors at the warehouse group, he entered a business in flux. In 2016, it had posted a profit of just over 20 mil. That's 50 million down from the year before. It had a brand perception problem, had entered the online market late and hadn't found a foothold, and job losses loomed large. Jonathan didn't even have a retail background, and as you might have gathered, he wasn't a Kiwi either. But as it turned out, that was exactly what they needed. From Facebook, this is Face to Face, unearthing ideas that thrive in a connected world. I'm Tom Hearn. Retail is a changing industry. In New Zealand, global big hitters like Amazon and IKEA are disrupting the market and asking new questions of local brands. For a traditional retailer like the Warehouse Group, their impact could have been catastrophic. And today, we'll look at the major overhaul that saved their business. So the group is comprised of six different brands, each of which means different things. That's Jonathan. He moved from the U.S. to become the Warehouse Group's chief marketing officer. So you have the warehouse, the Wadi Fadi. That's Wadi Fadi, a Māori term of endearment for the warehouse. That's how much we love it. Which is the biggest, right? A massive Walmart-looking brand. Lots of products, unbeatable low prices. Then you have warehouse stationery, office products, kind of like an office works in Australia. Then you have No Leaving, massive consumer electronics powerhouse. You have Torpedo 7, which, you know, everything from bikes to camping gear, anything that has an adventure kind of tied into it. One Day, which was a flash sale site, and then we just launched a brand called The Market. All of these brands had always had separate marketing teams. And part of Jonathan's job was to now bring them all together as the first head of marketing across the entire group. When he arrived, the team structure was pretty complicated. At the time when I started, we had seven different media agency relationships. We had two formal creative agency relationships, not to mention all the informal freelancers and projects that we had going on. So simplification was incredibly key. But also just figuring out what was it that made people special? What was it that made the business tick? And that took about four months to just figure out. Someone needed to Marier condo this business, or the whole thing was going to end up underwater. There was no overarching marketing plan, no connection between the different brands and digital, and a bottom line that was looking pretty rickety. Jonathan's job was to find a way to pull it all together, to bring the brand values back to life, and he had to do it ASAP. Enter global comms agency Omnicom. When I was at Yahoo, I had the benefit of working with Omnicom through BBDO out of New York. And the work they were doing for us was just epic. And, you know, when you meet really good people in this world, you just kind of want to keep them with you. So BBDO was my agency. John Osborne was their CEO. I called him up when I first moved here and said, look, I don't know anything about the media landscape in New Zealand. I loved what we had together. Could you dig into your network and help me figure out what would a version of that look like? in country. And he immediately connected me to the Omnicom guys here. I'm Nigel Douglas. I'm the CEO of OMD, responsible for the group that we put together through Omnicom, looking after the warehouse group. To be successful, Jonathan needed an agency that would work with the business. One agency relationship, not seven, to move the warehouse group forward. He knew exactly what to ask for. 
The first big change was actually the company becoming one company. So we went out to the world and said, these are the things we want. And the top thing, the number one thing was we knew that we wanted to grow our people, but we wanted to help our partner grow their people. And so the driving force behind everything that was in our requirements, right, when we were looking for who's going to be the person or the group to take us forward, we actually, money wasn't even in the document. We knew that that would come. The entire structure was around using data right, teaching each other, making each other better, and building a relationship where talent was at the center. So essentially, lots of brands, lots of businesses, lots of agencies not talking to each other, right? So there's and huge amounts of data and learnings underneath all of that, right? And plus, they also wanted to move to you know, a data-driven, audience-led, performance-based kind of comms perspective, right? And the ask, it's a big task and ask. So most of these brands had loyalty programs to better understand their customers, but the team had never pulled all of that information together. In a nutshell, doing this would give them much better insights and make their marketing more effective. So Nigel and Jonathan and their teams basically rebuilt the brand strategy all over again right from the start. That meant facing some very confronting realities about who they really were. The content when I started because the brand was in a high-low business was very much about here is a product at an unbelievably low price. And it was just really hammering home cheap, cheap, cheap. Right. Like I'm sure you remember the warehouse back in the day. It was just, you know, everybody gets a bargain. Everybody can whistle the tune. It was known for cheap stuff from offshore. And there was a moment in time when we probably overdid that. I'd say probably around 2008, 2010. And the quality suffered. And we overcompensated for that with pricing. So by the time I had started, the company had identified that as a challenge and had put everything they owned into fixing the quality better sourcing, make sure it's ethical, good quality products. So that was already happening. It was well and truly underway. So when I started, I got to help pivot the messaging to actually represent the quality side of the equation. But I couldn't walk away from price because suddenly if we get too expensive, then that's not a good thing. So we started focusing on quality, but we had to make sure that the pricing trigger was always there. So you would show this unbelievably beautiful set of bedding, and then you'd wrap it up with like, all this could be yours for $19. So these were massive, deep-seated perceptions to shift. Kiwis had been shopping at the warehouse for 35 years, and they knew what to expect. But gradually, it started to work. The old, cheaper version of the brand was gone, and a new Wadi was emerging in its place. The fans lapped it up. Suddenly, the quality perceptions are changing. We hammered that home really, really hard for about a year. We started to see our quality metrics move. Now we're moving into phase two, which is we're trying to drive urgency on top of that, which you saw us do with Easter, where we actually brought a campaign or contest where people could come into the store and find this little red rabbit all all around the store. Kids loved it. It was the most simple lo-fi idea, but people went nuts for it. You come into the store, you find this little red cutout rabbit and you win a prize. It's easy. It's one of the oldest retail mechanics in the book. Nigel and Jonathan had created a new foundation to build on, one that could re-establish a connection with the shoppers they had lost. All they needed now was a story. Now it's like actually telling stories of how can these products help Kiwi families live their lives better? Because that's the role we play. The role that that particular brand plays in people's lives is one of access and growth and helping them have access to more things so that they can live a better life. And that's quite consistent with the whole comms approach, right? So you're moving from buy the product to live the life. We also never walked away from the equities that the brand is famous for. 
The name is not going to change. The logo is not going to change. That jingle is just beautiful. Every Kiwi I've ever met can sing the jingle. It's amazing. Get to the warehouse. The, the warehouse. Where, where everyone, everyone gets a bargain. And you do it and people smile. So you're seeing us play with it more and more. The warehouse where everyone gets a bargain. This mammoth piece of work had finally taken them to a place they'd never been before. They were no longer competing just on price. They had data that they could actually use. And better still, they'd finally found the right people to help them succeed in what had become a challenging marketplace. And so the way our media shows up is different for all of our brands. The creative is different. The journeys are different. But the media now can support them all in a way that it couldn't before. Before, we were just trying to tread water. That's part of the portfolio perspective, right? So right. we're more enabled to be able to like optimize that to the benefit of each brand yeah. to make sure that we're not playing with lemmings and the warehouse in the same space so we can give them space to breathe. One of the biggest challenges we had is you don't want the same solve for every brand, right? Because the way someone buys a kayak is so different than the way they buy a $5 t-shirt. You know, you're, you do research and you bring your family and you want your kids to touch it. And then, you know, if you want to make it a surprise, you get it ordered and don't tell them it's coming, right? So that journey is very, very different. So what we did is we built the teams around the different journeys. And then we built the media plan to support those journeys. The right campaign would bring it all together. For the tech brand, No Leeming, well, they wanted to give customers something different from what they got at the warehouse. You know, a personalized experience with support from real people. So if you're looking for a new television, for example, the way that happens and the way the media supports that, everyone goes online, they do research, they want to know how it works, they want to know if the subscription will get in there, what kind of dongles or you know set-top boxes will work with it, do we have them in stock so the website plays a really big role. So for a brand like No Leaming, we're way over-rotating into things like digital and how-to and setup because that's what that customer wants totally different than the way we look at the warehouse, where it's all about range. And you just want to know that we have more toys than anybody else. So no leaming consumer electronics business, right? We're all about selling really, really big TVs and the best tech. The angle there is around, like anybody can sell you a box, but only no leaming can sell you a box, teach you how to use it, and make sure that you're surrounded with the expertise you need to get the most out of it. Yeah, hey, I'm keen to buy this telly uh, to watch the big game. He means the great Kiwi Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, uh, is it easy to set up? <laughs> of course. First you need to connect to There's the... There's so much coming at consumers, right? I have a voice-activated this, I want a new TV, I need a dongle to watch the rugby. Like, it's complicated. Yeah. That brand, they're a hero because they can simplify the complicated. They can teach you how to use a complicated device in a very simple way. It's important to measure your wall first, so you're only looking at TVs that will definitely fit your space. If your TV has an HDMI port, you can use streaming devices to watch your favourite shows and sport. And that's it. With our experts... So all of our content for No Leaming is fronted now by, we call them passionate experts, but they're the guys who work in the stores. And they're welcoming customers into learning how to use a product. To get the benefits across to their customers, they needed an event that they could build on. A time of year where everyone was buying tech that they didn't know how to use. If only such a time existed. Hey, Christmas! So last Christmas was the first time we did a brand ad for No Leaming, and it was called Merry Techmas. And the whole construct was around two use cases where a family wanted to get closer together, and the No Leaming passionate expert actually helped them do that. Right. So in one example, the passion expert helped the parent buy a better toy 
for their child. In another example, the person helped the customer set up a tablet to be able to Skype with their family in a far off place. With our expert service and selection at No Leaving, have a merry Techmas. And so these are real use cases. They happen all the time in our stores. But to be able to build the brand now around that as an offering, which is so much more interesting than just product and price, which we also do because you have to compete there. But now there's a third dimension, which gives it richness and, frankly, a competitive advantage. Because product and price, anybody can do that. It's a differentiator as well. Because as Jonathan said, you can buy a tally from you know, a number of places, but um, only Lemmings will do all those things that he just described, including deliver the big tally in a truck to your door mm-hmm. and stick it on your walls. So. Unless you want to click and collect. <laughs> Depending on your how big truck. your television <laughs> Is, that's right. Uh, I wish you well. Uh, that's why I go for the projector. <laughs> <laughs> so it's clear the warehouse group and all of its different brands knows how to appeal to a customer, how to make them feel their needs are met. But one campaign took being understood nationwide, pitting Kiwis against other countries in one of the most important board games ever played. Yes, it's Scrabble, Kiwi style. The warehouse is a brand, right, that just, it stands up for Kiwis each and every day. And so wouldn't it be right for the warehouse to work with the creators of Scrabble to create a version of Scrabble that actually celebrated and acknowledged Kiwi language and Kiwi words? Because we've got some words that we use, even though I'm American, I've been here two years, I'm an honorary Kiwi now. I can now say always for awesome and understand what that means, which is very cool. Sure, you name it. So non-Kiwis out there, if you don't know what Jonathan's talking about right now, don't worry. You just probably won't beat us at Kiwi Scrabble. Sure. And so to be able to celebrate those words was huge. So they actually embarked from a product development point of view on building a Kiwi version of Scrabble. We then used that as a tentpole campaign going into Christmas, where it was all around Kiwi Scrabble. And the creative construct was we got Joe Seeger and David Tua to basically challenge all of New Zealand to help us win a Scrabble game against the Aussies. So that's Boxing Hall of Famer, David Tua, and New Zealand's honorary grandma, Joe Seeger. The Scrabble TV ad starts with them sitting at a kitchen table, really quaint, you know, chatting over a cup of tea. Aha. Hello, New Zealand. I'm Joe Seeger, chief cook and bottle washer author of cookbooks and writer of wrongs. Oh, and this is David Tua. Hello. Anyway, what am I talking about? Oh, yes, the launch of new Kiwi Scrabble. This game chock-a-block full of Kiwiisms. Then things take a turn. The screen goes dark and Joe pounds her fist on the table. Has awakened an age-old disagreement, an argument that particularly grates my baking tins. The word pavlova. It's ours and those cheeky Aussies. And we were playing for the penultimate prize, which is who is the rightful owner of Pav. Is Pav Aussie or Kiwi? And then we got David Tua and Joe and everybody to create all this content around an actual live Scrabble match, which happened on Facebook Live and Instagram. They battled it out with Kiwi words like dairy. Nine points. Batch. Eleven points. Hungus. Ten points. What about Jadabar? Give it to me. Technically, two words. 20 points. <laughs> Eight for the J. I'll take it, baby. Running it across both platforms meant that the warehouse could get that real-time event feel. And they could tap into multiple audiences in all the places their customers were. So, New Zealand, it's time. Time to settle this once and for all. 
we are taking Pavlova back with the most epic game of Scrabble ever seen. And we won. <laughs> we didn't rig it. We won. But we actually challenged them to send over some contestants. Yeah, the campaign was a success in more ways than one. Choice, eh? Batches around the country might have a new addition to the games covered later this year. A new Te Reo Māori and Kiwi favourites such as Batch, Butte and Bro have been mixed into the traditional Scrabble glossary. The warehouse has launched a sweet as campaign with familiar Kiwi. So the beauty of it from a media perspective is, I mean, this is a massive step change from yeah, yeah. traditional retail. You can, you can just tell by the way that Jonathan's talking about it. It's, again, it's not a spot or a dot. It's a huge integrated campaign. Also, that uses um, the product as utility, right? So yeah. it connects the brand up through the product itself. So no one else would really, I think, own the right to Kiwi Scrabble rather than the warehouse. So the product and the brand became intrinsic. Yeah. And then also, I think, part of that whole notion of, of trying to be all things Kiwi and challenge our you know, cousins across the ditch and stuff, it's social by design. So hence it lived and breathed and Insta and Facebook Live and, and those sorts of places where we can harness the power of social advocacy. And that, that's really what that was about. So join us because you can take our actors, but you can't take our Pavlova. So using talent like Joe Segev, David Tua, Quintessentially Kiwi, throwing the challenge out there and again using our advocates to tell the story, right? Which yeah. is, that's just, that's not done in retail, so. And it was so authentic. Like we we changed one of our stores because uh, it all happened during Maori Language Week. So we, we changed the name of one of our stores to the Wadi Fadi that week. We celebrated by just massive sausage sizzles and just inviting all of our customers in. We had David Tua show up at one of our stores. It was just the most perfect example of what that brand should be doing. Hey, David, would you like some Pev? <laughs> yes, please. And here's one I prepared earlier. Well, it's kind of hokey, right? Which is sure. like another it's Kiwi awesome. word that we, you would use, right? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to deliver that message. Each of these campaigns was designed specifically for the individual brand. They played up what the warehouse group knew about its customers and their perceptions. They used technology to grab attention and media coverage. Now, they're seeing the impact it can have on their bottom line. Last year, our net profit after tax went up 26% in one year, which is pretty incredible for a legacy retailer. We increased our dividend for the first time in quite some time, and our same-store sales are up in every single brand, which it's hard in one brand, let alone across all five. Hang on, hold up. So the whole group went from posting a huge profit drop in 2016 to actually growing three years later? Jonathan and his team brought these struggling brands back from the brink. So the past, I, I'm now coming up on two years, for six months was really just to understand what it was that we had in the journey the team had already been on. So when I joined, they had already matrixed quite a bit of the organization, which was a big unlock. And the red business, which is the biggest business, had decided to go everyday low price. So to move away from the high-low model into a more of a Walmart EDLP model, everyday low price, which meant that the sale mechanic was dampened, if not quieted. So those were big seismic shifts, right? And so the first couple months I was there, when I started, was about understanding what impact was that having on customers and how could we allow for EDLP to be a hero while also giving customers that energy that they look for. Because even Walmart in the U.S., like they'll still have a sale every now and again. They'll have a price that gets dropped. They'll have an offer that's interesting because you need that ability to drive behavior while also having something be cheap every single day. That was kind of a big pocket. The second was understanding um, our soul and what we wanted to do. The company moved into very quickly finding the unifying purpose across each of the brands. Why were these brands together? 
right? Are we just roommates that share rent or do we believe in something bigger? And we decided as a group of brands that we believed in making Kiwi lives better every day, which that happened about a year ago that we made that choice. It was an organic choice because you look at the heritage of the Wadi Fadi, the heritage of No Leaming. These are all brands that believed in that. Mm-hmm. And so that started to pull everybody even closer together because it's like, oh my God, now we have shared uh, purpose, which is really cool. Wow. That sure is a transformation. And what are the top three things that Jonathan credits the success to? I think we're getting a lot more focused on how we show up. So I think we understand the role that every brand plays and we're just laser trading on that, right? So we know what the warehouse has to do. We know what no leaming has to do. I think that's number one. I think number two, and this is in large part because of our partnership with OMG, we're reaching more people at the right time. And so in a world that's getting more competitive, right? Costco's coming, Ikea's coming, Sephora's here, H&M's opening more stores. We're getting more competition by the day. So it's making us better. But our friends at OMG are helping us reach more people in a more efficient way. So that's helping us build a competitive advantage and muscle there. And as Jonathan said, online sales have gone through the roof as well, which leads us to his final point. Our online, I credit with quite a bit of this, not only because the online sales are up so much, but also those are just windows into our stores. And when the site looks good, people assume that the store is going to be a great experience. So they take that chance and they go in. There's a whole level of sophistication, I think, that underpins that, that you've added to the system. So, you know, years gone by, right? Retail will be quite formulaic. We've reinvented the mold, so it's much more sophisticated. And that all comes back to the original big shift bringing the brands together to make them stronger. I mean, the rules are still the same, right? Sell things for more than you buy them for. It's kind of the game. But in the past, we used to just buy a lot of things and hope people would want them at some point. Now we can understand what it is that people want and then put the right thing in front of them at the right time. And we're not totally there yet. We're making a lot of mistakes, but we're learning from them and then getting better the next time around. But the last 18 months, we've gone through more change than I think we've ever gone through before. It's been awesome. Big thanks to Jonathan Waker, Chief Marketing Officer at The Warehouse Group, and Nigel Douglas, CEO at OMD New Zealand. Now, make sure you don't miss our next episode, featuring more Kiwi legends at the top of their game. Just press subscribe to stay up to date. It's free. And while you're there, find out how Aussies made history when they changed the name of McDonald's. Press play on the episode called, Would You Like Surprise With That? Face to Face is produced by Facebook's Catherine Bow and Alexandra Sloan with production support from Alex Hayes, Corey Layton, James Milsom and Anna Spargo-Ryan. Thanks also to Jules Lund, Laura Tuck, Richie Kenzie, Sharif Youssef and the team at Now We Collide. I'm Tom Hearn and this is Face to Face from Facebook. <laughs>